This is exactly right. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. It's me, Roz Dresfeles. It's my favorite day of the month because it is Listener Thursday. We have some good stories, like always. Gosh, I love talking to you guys. It's so much fun. So if you have a listener story, you know what to do. Send me an email, ghostedbyroz at gmail.com. Make sure you write in the headline, listener episode, and then hopefully we can work it out so you can be on one of the upcoming listener episodes. Also, of course, I got to tell you about the live show in Los Angeles. Still have a kind of a number of tickets left. I'm sure it'll sell out just like last time, but I want I want to sell these tickets and I want to keep taking the show, you know, I want to take it on the road and just do more live shows. So please if you can come to the live show and get those tickets. You can get them on cavernclubtheater.com or there's a link in my Instagram bio and the show will be the 21st of January, which is a Tuesday. I know. But it'll still be a great time. We've got Alessandra Torresani, and I've got some more exciting things up my sleeve that I'll tell you about soon. And that will be in Los Angeles, Cavern Club Theater. I hope to see you there. All right. On with the show. Hi, is this Allison? Oh my God, it's it's Hi. me, Roz. How are you? How are you? Oh my god, I am so excited. Me too. Where are you calling from? Or where so am I calling I you? Calling where are you from, at? Uh, I'm calling from Nantucket. Um, that's where I live. Um, it's an island 30 miles off the coast of Massachusetts. Oh my gosh. I don't think I've ever talked to someone from Nantucket. I feel fancy. Oh. We got to get you out here. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Are there ghosts? <laughs> there, there are. I have some actually some really good stories. There's actually a man who does a ghost tour out here that's really well done. Ooh. Um, 
But the story that I have for you is actually um, from Pennsylvania, which is where I'm originally from. Okay. So, a little bit different from a a Nantucket ghost, but still, um, I grew up listening to the story. Um, My parents, it's a story from my parents um, when they were newly married and they were living in a townhouse that they recently purchased. Um, It was part of a development that was built on farmland that had been in the same family since the 18th century. Um, The original farmhouse that was on the property actually still had the descendants of the family um, living in it. So my parents, um, they were living in the house for several months. Um, and every night, my mom would wake up at the same time around 3 o'clock in the morning. Never a good sign. Um, no, it's never a good thing to be up at 3 a.m. <laughs> um, and one night she was up and she was staring kind of like straight ahead. And she sees this figure of a girl. She looked like she was about 10 years old, long blonde hair, She was dressed in kind of like old-fashioned country-type clothing, um, and she looked really like disheveled and dirty as though she'd been playing outside in the dirt. Um, And she was a full figure. Um, My mom could see her solidly, and she started gliding towards the bed. Ooh, gliding! Yeah. Um, She's going to be getting dirt all over the ground. My mom just hid under the covers. Uh, she just was like, I'm not, I'm not having any of this. Um, but at the same time, um, my dad had actually been awake, unbeknownst to my mom. They were awake at the same time. And my dad saw the same exact thing. They were talking about it when they woke up in the morning. My dad had been waking up around 3 a.m. too. And he saw the girl at the end of the bed. And she started gliding over towards his side of the bed and she locked eyes with him and then just disappeared. <sighs> so he, he saw the whole thing. My mom kind of duck and covered. So he um, scared her off. I don't know if he scared her off, but she definitely made that eye contact connection. Yeah. So they were they were aware of each other. Wow. But what really makes this story pop um, <laughs> gives I it that pizzazz. A good word for it. Um, a couple weeks after my parents, you know, had this experience and were talking about it with each other, um, they went to a nearby market and they were at the checkout counter, and the cashier was a teenage girl with long blonde hair and she looked exactly like the ghost girl that my parents saw except if she had been slightly older um Hmm. my parents looked at each other they were like oh my gosh do you see what i'm seeing and then they were paying with the check and they handed the check to the cashier and she looks at it and she said oh you live on what was my family's farmland so descendants yeah what do we think do we think it was like that kind of thing where it was like the imprint of her being a kid stuck there or do you think it was like a a relative that looked just like her that might have passed away there who was it i think it was i think it was a descendant from you know the the family had owned this farmland for generations and she looked very similar to her. It wasn't, I don't think it was a, the same person, but I definitely think it was um, somebody from probably early on, just based on the clothing that she was wearing. You know, it, it wow. wouldn't make sense. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. With yeah. The, yeah, with the time period. Ooh. Yeah. But did so they have my, other my things parents. happening there? Or was At it, the house? Yeah, I mean. That, that was it that they noticed. Um, they didn't stay in the house that long. <laughs> um, it was when they were newly married and it was their first house together. But 
um, that was the only thing that I grew up knowing. Have you had experiences? Oh, I have. Like Um, what? There there was a house um, on Nantucket that my, um, I had a friend who my father knew and he was caretaking the house. And it was this old house that had been multiple generations living in there. Um, And I was downstairs. I've had a few things happen at this house. Um, The first thing that happened was my um, my parents were both out of the house and I was downstairs by myself. And all of a sudden, I see this shadow coming out of what was the powder room bathroom downstairs. Mm. And it's this man and he has this very large hat on that was just really noticeable. And it freaked me out. And my mother, who's an author and a historian, she did research on the house. And one of the owners at that time was a whaling captain. And the sole reason that he really wanted to be a whaling captain was so he could be uh, somebody that would wear that hat, the whaling (laughs) captain's hat. Stop. So So he saw this hat and he was like, what job can I wear that hat every day? Exactly. If only that's how we all chose our job. Amazing. The hat that we would wear. <laughs> but it was, um, we looked at the old plans, like the original plans in the house, and that powder room bathroom downstairs was actually the old pantry. So it would kind of make sense that somebody would be wandering around from there and, you know, water and ghosts and all that. Did you see... All that fun stuff. Him, or you just saw the shadow of the man? I saw the shadow of the man, I think, because it was on the floor. It wasn't like a full body apparition coming at me. It was coming kind of like from the floor. But you could tell there was a big old hat. Oh, yeah. It was kind of like an Abraham Lincoln looking hat. You know, just big top hat. Can't really miss it. Um, Amazing. What else happened in that house? So my sister, um, we were in high school at the time, and she was taking um, an AP history class, and she was learning about the Civil War, and she was sitting and doing her homework, and she's reading about the Civil War out loud, and this bell starts ringing in the house, and there isn't a bell in the house, Um, and the man, one of the families that had lived there, um, he had fought in the Civil War. He was one of the Nantucketers that went and was fighting in the Civil War. So that was pretty creepy. Um, Mm. My sister actually never went back in the house after um, this one incident that happened. We were all upstairs in the attic because that family um, had written all of their initials from every family member on the beams of the house. Um, right in the attic. I mean, they even had the cat's name. They had everything. And it was like carved in or something. Yeah, it was really, it was really cool because um, it was from the 1800s. And there wow. was one set of initials that we were all trying to figure out what it said because we couldn't really tell because again, it was from the 1800s and sometimes it's gone by. And somebody whispered in my sister's ear, "R." <sighs> And it turns out that it actually was R. My mom being the historian and author, she did research. And it was, I think the, I forget what the brother's name was, but it began with an R. And my sister was so freaked out, she did not go back in the house. Uh, <laughs> oh, it was Ralph or <laughs> Ronald or somebody. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I don't like the whispers. And my father's heard whistling in there, and the owners of the house have heard the furniture moving around. Um, Do those friends still live there? Um, They rent the house out. They're not there all the time. Um, And we've actually read in some of... (laughs) It's actually funny. You know, a a rental house will have a guest book. There were some kids that wrote in the guest book, and they were talking about how it was kind of haunted for them so I wonder what experiences they had especially because there's a room upstairs that has a twin bedroom and that room I don't care if it's a gorgeous July afternoon that room is always so dark and menacing 
I don't know how anyone could stay in that room. Is it like an Airbnb was, situation where people are constantly coming in and out? Um, yeah, it's very similar to that. Um, well, I know where I'm not staying when I come to Nantucket. <laughs> it's funny, I, I, even driving by the house at night, when everything's dark, there is this just unnatural darkness that surrounds the house. Hmm. It's very creepy. Wow, and the ghosts with the big hats. Uh, that's my favorite yeah. thing I've heard all day, is a man yeah. that wanted to wear a hat, and he tried to figure out, he he worked backwards with his career plans. He says, I have the yeah. hat, where can I wear this? <laughs> that's amazing. Why he wouldn't make a very good um, high school guidance counselor. You know? Well, what do you, <laughs> well, you want to I... wear every day? <laughs> Go from there. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, Nantucket has a lot of hauntings, um, I think both residual and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's cool because there are so many old houses out here, um, and so many big things that happened in history. So, yeah. Thank you so much for calling. I really appreciate it. Of course. Of course. My whole family, were all such huge fans of yours. So this is awesome. (laughs) Oh, cool. Well, tell them I said, hey, boo. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Hi, is this Sarah? It is. Hey, boo. Hey, boo. It's me, Roz. How's it going? Good. Where are you at? I'm in Vancouver, Canada. Cool. Um, I always say that I've never met a Sarah that I didn't like, so don't mess this up. Just kidding. <laughs> don't fuck it up. All right, good to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Sarah, what is this ghost story? A haunted this university? <laughs> this, well, first of all, everything in Nova Scotia, where I'm from, on the other side of the country, is everything is haunted. There's ghosts everywhere. Why? Um, but my... Yeah, it's it was one of the first places settled by um, colonizers, let's say, white Europeans. Yes. <laughs> um, and there's been um, a lot of explosions. Halifax, the capital city of Nova Scotia, blew up entirely. There's a really haunted restaurant there. Um, there's a lot of history, a lot of war. And yeah, you name it, it's probably got a ghost. Cool. So, so did you have a lot of experiences growing up? Um, I had some, my friends had more than I did. I didn't really have anything creepy happen until I got to university and I lived in in the the haunted dorm. (laughs) Okay. What is this university? It is called St. Francis Xavier University. It is in a very small town in Nova Scotia. Uh, I think it's like 200 years old at this point, maybe even more. And it was very Catholic back in the day and it's still kind of Catholic now. Um, but nuns used to live there. And there's, there is a priest school. I forget the word for it. Um, but yeah, nuns used to live on campus. And a nun became pregnant uh, way back in the 1800s because she had an affair with a priest. 
scandal. <laughs> juicy. <laughs> Very juicy. Um, but because of this, uh, she was really filled with a lot of shame and, and guilt and, and grief um, because you know, it's one of the vows. You, you don't have sex. Uh, so she jumped off the balcony of one of the dorms I lived in. <gasps> and since then, there's been sightings of, of the blue nun uh, hanging around. Um, so when I got to the university, we had the house orientation and they told us about the blue nun. And I was a little bit skeptic. I was like, okay, things are haunted. I know the school is old. That was, uh, but this is like part of the orientation. Like you are told about the blue nun because you have to be aware of the blue nun. Like she's wow, it's that big people. of a thing. Yeah. We're very serious about this at home. <laughs> and like even through the college like that's part of the of the orientation. It's like they tell these people that are given the orientation, make sure you mention it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's official, official, but everybody like I lived in the same dorm for two years, and both years with orientation, um, all the we call them residence assistants. So it's like someone who kind of like looks after the dorm floors. They all said, yeah. So here's you know fire exits. Uh, here's where the blue nun was spotted last year. Please be aware if you live in these rooms, you may encounter her. Oh my god. <laughs> and, my, and I had two friends who lived in one of the the most and some of the active rooms I should I should call them, and uh, they had they had stuff happen. They had stuff be moved around. Uh, my friend had her computer turn on one night, and her voice her text to voice program started talking to her in a weird language. Weird. So that's yeah. Um, but I had a kind of encounter with the blue nun, sort of. Let's hear if it. If you want to hear about that, duh. <laughs> I'm obsessed with the blue nun. <laughs> so I lived on the second floor of uh, Camden Hall, and there were two other dorms attached to it, one called Marguerite and one called Gilmora. Now, Gilmora is where the nun jumped off the balcony, and just my luck, the balcony was directly across from my window. So I had my, I had my blinds down for the entire two years I lived there. I was not looking at the balcony. I didn't want to see her. I was just like, no, I'm not having this. So one night I'm writing a paper and I could hear footsteps just running up and down the hall upstairs. Mm. It's constant, constant thumping. And I was just like, this is really annoying. It's midterms. We're all busy. I have stuff to do. Everybody else has stuff to do. I'm going to go upstairs. And my friend was in the hallway coming to get me to be like, we're going upstairs and we're going to yell at them because this is super distracting. So we go upstairs and we get down to, we turn the corner to get into the third floor Camden of our dorm and all the lights are off. Every light is off. Every door is closed. There is nobody around. And we were kind of like, okay, weird. And we turn around and there's a note on someone's door saying, floor dinner, gone out back at 10. And at this point, it was 8 o'clock. So we were like, okay, fine. Now someone's running around from the other dorm. So we go talk to our friends and they said, no, nobody's here. Everybody's gone to a hockey game. So, yeah, we don't know what's going on. So we were like, okay, this, this is probably her. So we go back downstairs, and I say, if this is, I said out loud, if this is the nun, make a noise above us. And there were three thumps above us on the floor. <gasps> I was on the ceiling from the floor above, and we were just like, nope. And as we started walking down the hall, the footsteps or thumping, whatever it was, kept following us towards our rooms. If somebody told me one time that if you hear three knocks, and that's a demon. I mean, she's... I'm, I'm a big gay, so maybe she, she could sense that and didn't like it, so she was <laughs> trying to exercise it out of me. <laughs> She's a, a pregnant nun ghost, and she... Yeah. Yeah, that's where she draws the line. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ooh, that's spooky. Yeah, so when I got back to my room, I closed the door, and I said, okay, that was, that was creepy. And then there were three more knocks on the floor above me where I know nobody was home. Is the movie The Nun based on your college experience? You know what? I, I watched that and I was like, huh, this looks vaguely familiar. <laughs> Maybe this is based on some truth. But people would say was, that she like looked blue. She's, like, the, the figure of her is a little bit blue. From what, from what I've heard from people, um, she's, you can tell by looking at her she's a nun. She's wearing a habit. She's kind of translucent and she gives off kind of like a, a blue light. Oh, my gosh. You should play yeah. sister the Sister Act soundtrack and see if that'll bring her out. Oh, my God. Next time I go home, I'm going to drive around campus playing it and see what happens. 
I mean, who doesn't love Whoopi Goldberg? Come on. I know. Even a, a ghost would. Um, so she's in the movie <laughs> Ghost, for goodness sakes. Um, okay, what is it? What, are you, what were you telling me about a haunted farm? Oh, in the haunted farm. So the haunted farm is, uh, it's also in this small town. Uh, I've been on the outskirts of this small town. And we all called it the Mary Ellen Spook Farm. It was owned by a family by the last name McDonald. And Mr. McDonald and Mrs. McDonald adopted a, uh, a foster child in late 1800s. Her name was Mary Ellen. And when Mary Ellen moved in, all these weird fires would start around the property. But it wasn't like in a fireplace or on a stove. It would be on the wall or on the roof what? or in a bathroom. And they all assumed Mary Ellen was a pyromaniac. But then they uh, uh, realized, like, no, the, the, the fires aren't happening from her. They're happening in her vicinity. So <laughs> they called in a priest. And they called in, I think, actually, Sherlock Holmes came over to, to investigate this at one point. Like, it was, it was not Sherlock Holmes, but the, like, the Sherlock Holmes figure, like, that kind of guy came over to investigate it. Um, <laughs> and they Wait, couldn't Sherlock find out Holmes, anything. Is Sherlock Holmes real? Or... <laughs> no, the guy, that, like, the, like the detective the, the stories were based on, like, he came over to do some research, because, like, this is insane. And they, just, <sighs> wow. like, you know, there was no electricity, and then they kind of realized that something had attached itself to Mary Ellen. So they, she slept in the barn one night, and then the barn roof caught on fire, but her foster father was watching her, uh, and she, he said she was sleeping on the floor all night. There was no way she could have got up on the roof to start a fire. Um, and eventually the house burned down and the McDonald's moved out and Mary Ellen moved on somewhere else. But the legend goes that if you go pick up anything from where the remnants of the farm are now uh, and you bring it back to your house or in our case, the campus, uh, you bring back whatever was attached to Mary Ellen, a part of it. So, so there was, yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure if it's a demon. Everybody assumes it's a demon just because of, of how malevolent it is. And uh, there was a party one night and this girl kind of started having a bit of a, like, people thought she was having a seizure. She kept saying, put it back, put it back, put it back. And people were just like, oh, my God, she's having a stroke. She's having a seizure. And then she stopped and she said, everything's fine. He put it back. At the exact same time, her boyfriend and his friends were out off-roading with his new truck. And they stopped at the Mary Ellen Spook Farm. And he, he said to his friends, don't touch anything. Don't take anything. Of course, one of his friends pocketed a piece of the foundation his brand new car wouldn't start. They started to smell smoke. This was middle of the night. There was no fires anywhere. And he said to his friends, I know one of you has something. Put it back. And his friends were kind of sheepish, like, no, no, we don't. And he's like, no, seriously, one of you has something. The car won't start. Put it back. Put it back now. Put it back. And then his friend kind of, like, just really embarrassed, like, okay, sorry, I took a, I took a rock. Opened the door, dropped the rock on the ground. The truck starts up immediately, and they take off. And, but and as that was happening, this girl at your party was going through that that moment, and she was saying, "Put it back." Yeah, that is so weird. Yeah, it's it's really really weird. <laughs> the Mary Ellen Spook Farm. That is so scary. I want to. I, I well, I almost want to go. I think I'd rather go see the Nun. I'm more curious about seeing the Nun, but that is such a creepy story. It, it it really is. And when I was in my first year at St. FX, a couple of guys went to the farm and brought something back. And they called the campus priest to come over and bless the dorm they were living in because they took it that seriously. Yeah, I would. <laughs> yeah, so if you're ever in Nova Scotia, um, I can give you a list of very haunted places to visit. There's a restaurant in Halifax, amazing seafood, so many ghosts. <laughs> Hi, is this Megan? It is. Hello. So where are you calling from? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Oh, my goodness. And I hear that you and your mom have got some ghosts that like you. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Do you like them? <laughs> um, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, tell me a story. Okay. So... The um, the first thing that ever happened to me, I was in college. I went to a really small religious school. I'm talking 1,200 students total. What religion? In the middle of nowhere. Lutheran. Okay. 
Yeah, and uh, it's really old. 1866 is when it started. Um, and so, you know, with religious schools, you have a lot of rules and being very traditional. So they tried out a co-ed floor, just one floor in a dorm. And Ooh. It floor. Yeah, right? It was like, what can go wrong? Is that the one that, like, all the straight people wanted to be in? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I just, it was like... I don't need any more straight boys near me. Thank you. <laughs> um, but so the way that the floor was set up, you know, there was like a common area. So there weren't really that many rooms. So there ended up only being five girls. So the bathroom was like mercifully empty all the time. It was wonderful. <laughs> so, um, you know, Pennsylvania gets really cold. The winters, especially where I was, they're really bad. So everything's shut tight. I'm brushing my teeth. There's absolutely nobody around. And this huge breeze rushes past me. My hair moves. Mm. I just keep brushing my teeth. And my eyes are shifting around like, what was that? So I just kind of peeked around the corner, like making sure nobody was there. The door was closed. The window was closed. No clue. No clue where this huge gust of like cold wind came from. Oh, my God. These small old schools, like they all have these like weird ghost stories. And it's just like. I think that I think that I lived one. Yeah. Do you know what the history was? So there, um, the dorm I was in was from the '60s, and there was absolutely no drinking at, at this school until 2012. And from what I've heard, there was someone that overindulged one weekend at like a frat party and died in the dorm. <gasps> This is what what happens when you don't let people drink. Yeah. Well, it's also (laughs) a good reason to use Quip brand toothbrushes. My favorite. All I use. (laughs) The keep the ghosts away. If only I would have had it in 2004. Oh, man. Use promo code Roz at checkout. Um, wait, get so, that toothbrush. You won't regret it. What What has happened to your mother? Oh Lord, my mom has always been like very, very sensitive. Um, so you know how like grandparents have their little quirks, like you know they like my grand. I'm 35, and my grandmother still puts like a five dollar bill in a card. So, oh, I love that though. No, mama. Do you? Did I your mean, parents keep your teeth? Yes. Yeah, I think that my mom has like an envelope of my human teeth from when I was a baby somewhere in the home still. <laughs> not even not not just that. I'm like missing a tooth genetically and so for a long time I just had like a little fake that I could pop in and out. My mother has that too. <laughs> and I'm like that's not cute. That's not cute, mom. <laughs> Love that though. That's weird as hell. Oh, that's sweet. I'm an only child, you know. Yeah, well your mom's a ghost lady. She is. So her grandfather used to always give her dimes. And um, she will just, I I mean, dimes have literally flown at her. Just out of nowhere. And she just finds them everywhere. Really? Like just... And like who seriously deals with change now? uh, Well, I guess her grandfather. But wait... Peasants and her dead grandfather. So is she just like... Is she at his home or something or just anywhere a dime will get thrown at her? Anywhere. We don't have any of the family homes like still within the family, Um, but it it will be anywhere. She um, it's insane. She also will. And I don't know. This kind of freaks me out because it happens to me, too. She and I look at the clock at the exact same time every day and they're like family birthdays. Oh, interesting. What time is it? So she always sees 8.15, which was her father-in-law's birthday. And then I always look at 8.26, which is my birthday, every day, hmm. like without fail. Which I know isn't like paranormal or anything, but it's just like weird. It's so something. The it, yeah, the weirdest thing that's ever happened to my mom, and this just like seriously freaks me out. And I told her Sunday that I was going to talk about it, and she was like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, so my... Grandparents were very abusive to each other. And um, so 
that's just the preface for this. My mom asked my grandmother, she, my mom was an adult at this point. She was like, mom, listen, I just got to ask you this. It's been like plaguing me my entire life. Did I fall out of the plate glass window in the living room? And my grandma just like stared at her, like her eyes were wide. And she said, no, you did not. And my mom didn't pick up on the you did not. And my mom's like, but mom, I have this memory. And she's like, honey, you don't understand. That didn't happen to you. And mom was like, why do it had to have? And she's like, no, honey, that happened to me when I was pregnant with you. Your dad pushed me out of the window. (gasps) So my mom has this memory in utero. Which is like, I'm sure that, I mean, I don't know anything about babies. I've never had one myself, but I think that <laughs> there's there's probably some kind of scientists out there that's like, yeah, it's possible to have memory. That's like how they say, play classical music to your pregnant belly and then the baby will be happier. I don't know what they say, but right. I don't think that you could remember falling out a plate glass window. I know. And my mom's like, I She's like, I remember the feeling of going like backwards out that window. Crazy. I'm like, that is, I know. Your mom must be very powerful. She's basically a witch in all senses of the word. Well, um, yeah, I mean, the when going back to the the looking at the clock thing too, I I ever since I've known Deborah Wilson, I always think about how she always says, "There's no such thing as coincidences." It has to mean something. No. Definitely. Do you Definitely. ever just throw a dime um, at your mom just to be funny? <laughs> no. Just to I see what she would say. Because she like she feels like she's like communing with her grandfather. So like I don't want to like upset her. Got it. <laughs> He's been dead a long time. I don't want her to be like, why would you do this to me? Oh. <laughs> have you ever been to Gettysburg? I haven't, no. Should I? Oh my God, Roz, for real. Um, I would host you. You get here the rest of me. Um, it is amazing. And this other thing happened to me there. You would have the time of your paranormal life there. Okay. Um, seriously, it's crazy. What happened? So there's this area of the battlefield called the Triangular Field. And it just is like in a little corner of wood. It's a very wooded battlefield. They've kind of thinned it out recently. Um, but it is notorious for activity, especially with people's electronics. And um, like literally you can look up like Gettysburg Triangular Field Haunted, like Google it and you'll find stuff about this. It's nuts. So my dad and I like to go out when we go there at night because it doesn't close until like 10 p.m. So even in the summer, it's pitch black. Mm. So we went to the Triangular Field. We get out of the car and there's like a, they have like a lot of stone fences there. So we get inside the corner of the stone fence. There's like a little, I don't know what it is with the wind in me, but there's like this little cold breeze and it's the middle of July. Little cold breeze goes past us. My camera stopped working. Then his camera stopped working. We had identical, like legitimately the identical same um, digital camera because it was, you know, the mid 2000s. Both of them stopped working. We couldn't. It was like they wouldn't even turn on. Um, and we just kind of looked at each other and like, what was that? So when we got outside of the stone wall, they started working again. Oh, my gosh. The, seriously, this place is crazy, the things that happen there. See, if I was to go with you, I feel like I would have to wear so much hairspray and bobby pins because the wind <laughs> that seems to be attracted to you. Right, I don't. I would never want to interrupt your look. <laughs> My wig just flies off because ghosts. Like I mean, to I can wear a wig in solidarity you. if you want. <laughs> just bring in a spare for me. <laughs> yeah, you let me know, and I'll I'll arrange it. Yeah, it actually sounds like fun. I I really I would like to go out there. Um, it's it's fun. They have ghost tours everywhere. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I feel like I heard, was it Gettysburg? Somebody was telling me a story one time about seeing what they thought was a reenactment show. And then they were like, hey, what was up with, maybe this is a fake story. I don't know. Either way, it's a good no, ghost story. No, this, this is legit. I know what you're talking about. They're like, they go to like, you know, the staff or whatever, whoever works there. And they're yeah. Like, oh my God, we saw the best reenactment show ever. It was so crazy. They were all bloody and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, we didn't have a reenactment show today. 
Yeah, no, that's that's a legit story. Oh, that's a good one. It happens all the time at the visitor center. Like if you talk to any of the park rangers, they're like, yeah, about once a week, someone comes up and asks something about this, this or this. And it oh, didn't really? happen. <laughs> wow. It's a hotbed. Yeah. I, it, that's Especially I... in the fall. Really? Yeah, wow. Because that's when like they came back to like the families came to claim the bodies. Oh, that's yeah. spooky. Yeah, so you come on out. <laughs> okay, see you this fall. <laughs> yeah. Jennifer! Tell me a ghost story. I heard that you, you moved into a haunted house in the 90s? I did. So my mom's friends actually bought the house, and they were told by the realtor when they moved in that people had reported like crazy things happening and that it might be haunted. So we went into it fully knowing um, the history and everything. What what, and what had happened? So my mom actually ended up talking to some of the neighbors because we never found out the full story from the realtor. Just, hey, you know, in case something crazy happens, you know, we know about it. <laughs> Don't be mad and, at me. If, some, if right, shit yeah. goes down. <laughs> we disclosed it. Can't go back. So No um, takesies, backsies. Like, <laughs> it was like a crack house or something. It was like totally run down and just like bad things happening there and we were told that it was like basically there to protect the house and so it wasn't like creepy or anything but the spirit was happening yeah okay yeah so it was like it was a good ghost so basically like the thing that happened the most was when you were sitting on the couch watching tv out of the corner of your eye the uh, kitchen was to your right and you could see like out of our kitchen window, there was a flood lamp. And it seemed like it just paced back and forth. Like, I don't know if it was like making its rounds, checking the perimeter, whatever it was doing, but it would just pace in front of the window all the time. So you're watching TV and out of the corner of your eye, you see the light kind of like blink out for a second and then it's back and it just blinks out and then it's back. And so it was more annoying than anything because you're like trying to watch some TV here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... Um, we ended up getting a dog. It was a little puppy and it would just like stand in the hallway and bark. And he didn't know what it was barking at. I mean, obviously we knew, but like there was nothing there and we're like, it's okay. Like, you know, it's cool. And finally, I think it got used to it. But my little sister, she was three at the time and she was like, so afraid. And I mean, I was 13, but I was honestly afraid too. Yeah. <laughs> it's a ghost. It's something that can't be explained. So, um, we named it ghosty ghost. And so anytime, like, it was trying to be, like, you know, trying to assort its authority in the house or whatever, we, like, put it in its place by calling it ghost to ghost and making it non-threatening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it also used to turn on and off the TV in the living room. And it did it mostly when me and my younger sisters would fight. And I remember one day I was so mad at my sister. I don't even remember what she did, but she's five years younger than me. Very antagonistic, so... I'm standing in the kitchen, in the living room in front of the TV and I'm yelling at my sister and all of a sudden the TV turns on and I turn around at the TV and I'm like, and as for you, this is my house and I'm pissed off and if I want to yell, I'm going to yell because I live here too. And it turned <laughs> the TV right off. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was like most of the, the things that happened in that house. Um, but there's also something that happened in the house that was unrelated to that ghost. My grandpa actually ended up passing away while we lived there, and he was really sick for a while. And um, I remember waking up on a Tuesday morning, and like my alarm hadn't gone off, my mom hadn't come in and got me for school. I was late, and I was like, "Okay, I knew like Grandpa had passed. She didn't wake me up for a reason." And so we ended up staying home that day because, I mean, obviously we were distraught that my grandpa had died. Mm -hmm. and I'm doing dishes in the kitchen in front of the window where, you know, the ghost used to pace back and forth, and I'm doing dishes, and out of the corner of my eye, to the right, by our sliding glass door, I see, like, this just black smoke figure. But it was my grandpa. It didn't look like my grandpa, but I knew it was my grandpa. And it happened, like, in a split second. And I kind of, like, I literally, like, like a cartoon, shook my head and, like, tried to tell myself to snap out of it and went back to doing dishes. And then my little sister, the one I used to fight with a lot, came running in from the backyard through that same, same sliding glass door yelling, I saw grandpa, I saw grandpa. <sighs> and I just like broke down like he came to say goodbye to us. 
And I found out later that my, um, the night before the hospital had called my mom and they're like, okay, he's going, it's time you should get down here. So she went to pick up her brother and they were driving out to the hospital to see him. And my uncle's phone rang and when he answered it, um, it was what he called elevator music. And it like, then it, it just hung up itself. And he was like, oh, that's weird. And they get to the hospital. And the time that he got that call was the time that my grandfather had passed. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So he had like his little ways of saying goodbye to all of us. That's amazing. That's Isn't so, that great? That, that just makes me think so much about death and how it all works. Like I was, I was an atheist. Like I, so my mom made me watch The Exorcist when I was little because I liked scary movies. And then I was like, well, if I don't believe in God, then I don't believe in the devil and none of this is real. Yeah. And then my my grandpa comes to me and I'm like, well, now I don't know what to believe. <laughs> yeah, but like, did they let you get a phone call and a couple of visitations? Like, yeah, I, I don't like, know how it works. How many people do you get to say goodbye to before you cross over? So what ended up happening with that house? You you guys moved out? Um, oh, yeah. So um, my my parents' friends, they ended up getting a divorce. So the house that they had moved into that they upgraded to, they ended up, one of them took that house and one of them took our house back. And so when we were like getting ready to move out and stuff, it was like the ghost was mad at us for leaving. And he'd like throw pens across the floor at us. Like it'd be on the kitchen counter and it would just like fly off at us. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And my sister had like a little, one of those tickle me Elmo's um, back in the day. Oh yeah. And it would just go off without even being touched. So there's like some weird old crack house ghost tickling (laughs) Elmo in the corner and throwing pens at people. Yeah, so there's so one more thing. So um, when we were still living in the house, I had like a little party. I was in high school, so I had a little party, and I had some friends over. And one of my friends took me aside, and he goes, uh, "Do you know that you got a ghost in this house?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yes. How do you know?" And he's like, "I can see him. He's like watching us, and he's wearing overalls." And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's ghosty ghost. Hi, ghosty ghost." <laughs> was your friend a psychic, or what was going on? Um, he's he's sensitive. And so he was just like, yeah, he's just standing right there in he's his like, overalls. I got I to let you know that you have a ghost in your place. I'm like, yeah, dude, I know. <laughs> Whoa. Like completely, completely unprovoked. He had no idea. We hadn't spoken before about it. So when you guys moved, did you ever, did you guys tell the next people what was going on? Um, my mom's friend took it back over and um, I didn't really hear much more about it. Uh, they kind of stopped talking at that point because of the divorce and taking right, the house okay, back a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I wonder if it's still yeah. there. I, I've like, I tried Googling it and like every once in a while I'll drive past it. Just like, tell me your secrets. What's going on in that house? <laughs> yeah. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Did you have other stories? I have one more. Okay. Let's hear it's, it. Um, so it's about another like relative passing. So I lost my great aunt to breast cancer a few years ago and we were really close. She was my grandma's oldest sister. She was 11 months older. So they were really close. So by proxy, I was really close to her mm-hmm. and she ended up passing of lung cancer. And, uh, my friend was organizing a psychic for her birthday and she was like, anybody who's interested, you know, pitching money, we'll all go in together and we'll get a group reading. And I was like, that's really cool. That's something that I'm interested in. I don't know if anybody's going to come through to me, but you know, why don't I go and have this experience? So everybody's going around getting their readings and I'm just in tears from like all the emotions in the room. And finally she goes, did anybody pass um, from something in the lungs? And I raised my hand and she said, Oh, so this, um, this person's coming to me. She has a beehive hairdo. And I was like a beehive hairdo. It's like, no, my auntie had a pixie cut most of her life. And then I remembered back to my grandma's prom picture and her and my auntie side by side with my grandpa and my auntie's uh, husband. And there was my aunt in a beehive. And I was like, oh my gosh, she did have a beehive. Amazing. She's describing her when she's younger and um, just, you know, cat eye glasses, red lipstick, pumps. And I was like, yeah, that was my auntie. And she starts telling me all, you know, like I, she remembers doing homework with you and you know, doing this. And, you know, she asked, why are you so sad? And I was like, I, I miss you. Like, 
I didn't get to say goodbye to her. The day that we were going to say goodbye, she ended up passing before we could get there. And it was just, it was so nice to have like that moment of just like last connection and going into it, not even really believing in it, but being completely blown away away by the information. There was no way she could have gotten any of this information. Yeah, that's and, so powerful. I mean, mediums can really, when they're good and they're real, they can yeah. give you that closure. And it's yeah. really powerful. I mean, it's really the only way to do it. It was really great. And so, like, I, I knew nobody in my family is all Catholic. So I was like, no, if I go, if I go to my family and tell them what just happened to me, like, they're going to write it off. They're going to, you know, not believe it or whatever. But my mom, like, she, you know, she was the one who knew about the ghost in the house that we lived in but I was like my mom will believe me and so I went and I told her like my experience and it's just like it's hit me every day since then and um the the medium was like you know you were making something recently and you couldn't remember the recipe and then it came to you that was your aunt and I like I was like I can't I can't remember at the time like what I was making but yeah that sounds real familiar and then I remembered it was blackberry pie we used to go in pick blackberries from the yard for pie and jams. And my auntie, like, she's like, she's there for you. Just if, if ever you need her, ask her for help and she's there to help you. And that's just stuck with me since. Amazing. And she's yeah. like, I love that she is now, I mean, do you think that she's now back to when she was like in high school with her beehive and her glasses? Like, do you think that's how that's, she likes to yeah, be seen? That's what the medium said. She said that they come to you from like their heyday of like, you know, when they were young and when they were, you know, in the prime of their life. Well, I hope I don't look like me in high school when I <laughs> dead because I was That'd be not a little cute. weird. <laughs> I'd be wearing like a Lincoln Park t-shirt. Yeah, I try <laughs> so hard. Um, well, listen, thank you so much for calling. Where are you from? Where do you live? I'm in Seattle. Oh, great. I'll be there yeah. soon. Really? I'm, I am I'm, I'm eager to see you again. I got to see you in Mean Gaze when it was up here, and that's how I found the podcast. Oh, my God. That was so fun. I wonder if that yeah. theater's haunted. Where was that? The Egyptian theater? The Egyptian, yeah. <sighs> Probably. Cool. They're all haunted, aren't they? Yeah. See, you listeners, my booze, you guys really give it to us, and I so appreciate it, and I love talking to you all. And um, I hope we can keep doing these episodes. So send me those ghost stories. And uh, also give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and everywhere you can rate a podcast five stars. Please do that and tell your friends about the show. You can follow me on Cameo, Roz Dress for Less, Instagram, Roz Dress for Less. Join our Facebook group, Ghosted by Roz Dress for Less. We've got some good stuff happening in there. People are constantly posting some different stories and articles and sharing their own stories and I, I love it it's just so it's a wonderful community that we're creating here and um i i love you all both living and dead but if i didn't ask you to haunt me don't haunt me okay bye Starbanks Avenue, a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.